Hello and welcome to Psychology in Seattle. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk or Dr. Honda. I'm asking for people to vote. I'm going to ask you guys in a second. My name is Humberto Casagna. I am a special person. Today we're going to talk about World of Warcraft addiction. People who become addicted to World of Warcraft, the video game, or video game addiction in general. I have some experts on the show to talk about that. Why don't you introduce yourselves? My name is Adam Davis. I'm an Antioch graduate with a master's in education and a, a professional game master. I founded, along with uh, Adam Johns, an organization called Wheelhouse Workshop, and we run social skills groups for teens and adolescents, some of which are technologically immersed. I'm Adam Johns. I'm also a graduate from Antioch University, Seattle, with a master's in marriage and family therapy, and I'm the other co-founder of Wheelhouse Workshop, where we use tabletop games like Dungeons & Dragons and improv to help teach social skills. And I'm Aaron McLean. I'm a level 90 Pandaren monk. It goes up that high? It does. Now it does. I thought it was capped at like 80 or something. So I want to ask you just as a side note here, I'm trying to figure out what I should call myself. Should it be Dr. Kirk, Dr. Honda, Dr. Kirk Honda? How about Dr. K? K, like a vitamin. Everyone comes up with something Sounds new. Sounds like a vitamin. <laughs> <laughs> Have you gotten your daily dose of Dr. K? Doc Honda. Doc Honda's good, too. That's, that is pretty good. But I still come back to, like, I, I first was on the Honda kick. But then it's like, have you taken your automobile to see Doc Honda? You know, I keep mm. thinking it's a car Doc. For some reason, I'm always like, I get the stereotypical Japanese voice, like, Doc Honda. It reminds me of E-Honda from That's ooh, right, Street, Street Fighter. Fighter. I had that thought too, but you can't have Doc. <laughs> see, the, see the eye roll? So, well, so let me limit it. <laughs> it's Dr. Honda. You got to choose Dr. Kirk Docker, or Dr. Honda. For us to call you or for? No. For no, everyone he wants else. To, how he wants to be known. What should I put on my website? Yeah. Oh. I like Dr. Kirk. I think that's better. I like Doc, uh, Dr. Honda. God. Okay. Well, I like Dr. Like. Honda personally because it, the name recognition can work for you. So let's talk about World of Warcraft <laughs> addiction. I never played because when it first came out, there was a lot of hype about it. And I thought, man, I'm going to play this. I'm going to play the crap out of this game. It looks really fun. And then my friend got it and he was playing it all the time. And and I was watching him play, and I'm like, oh, this looks pretty interesting. It's a world, and you can run around, and they're always expanding. It's always something to do, and he could make his character dance and stuff. It was always fun. <laughs> and then I watched him play it, the human being playing the game, and I was like, oh, my God, Like that's going to be me 50 hours a week if I play this game. So I never played it because I never <laughs> wanted to become addicted to it. What are your guys' experience with the game? I also decided never to play that game. I, I had enough challenges with, with other video games growing up that I mm-hmm. knew that I, I could never get into a game that actually was going to cost me time and money. What games were you addicted to? I really liked Civilization II. <laughs> a really, really good game. That was a really good game. Yeah, I, I played that at work at one of my very first real jobs. Just one more turn. Yeah, just one more turn. <laughs> Oddly enough, I played Warcraft at one of my last jobs. <laughs> so I played World of Warcraft for probably off and on seven or eight years. Wow. Um, a really long time, pretty much ever since it came out for all the way into Pandera. I, I played all the way up through through that. I probably have a couple of level 90 characters still on, on some server, um, but I've since stopped playing. Would you call yourself addicted during that time? Man, that's a that's actually a really tough question to answer. Uh, in some senses, yes. Uh, it certainly took up a, a huge amount of time in my life. In a lot of other senses, it was an important piece for me to socialize with friends and stay connected with friends. Did it have any negative consequences in your life outside of the game? 
I I would say no, but many of my friends would say yes. Why would they say yes? Um, when I was in my undergrad, uh, I actually almost failed out of undergrad because of playing World of Warcraft. I, there was a class that I didn't pass and I wasn't interested in. Ah. And I spent a lot of time that I could have been studying, I guess, playing World of Warcraft instead. Okay. Um, I don't know if it was uh, this game particularly or if it was just the escape that I wasn't interested in this, in this class and I wasn't interested in what I was doing and I was ready to be done with school and I, I just wasn't engaged in any of it. And so I, this was just an easy way to be engaged with something else. Did you find it compulsive? Like it was highly engaging and motivating to play for hours and hours and hours? Yes, absolutely. So in that way, did it feel kind of like an addiction? I'm not trying to say no, no, addict, but... I, I think that it's an interesting question. I actually feel very much like like in that way. Yes, okay. it, it definitely was was an addicting game to play. Yeah, and just for the record, as a clinician, I have to say there's a lot of debate whether or not you can even say you're addicted to a video game in the same way that you're addicted to heroin. But we'll use addiction in the definition of is it a problem in your life and is are you playing it much more than you would do otherwise if you had more control over yourself. So, you know, is right. it negatively impacting your life? Under some definitions, that, that's the definition of addiction. What about you, Aaron? I was absolutely 100% an addict. It totally messed with my functioning every day. Like, but I was like, that was one of the darkest times of my life, oddly enough. And I think I escaped into it. I used it to cope with, with all that. Oh. Did it make matters worse or did it help you? Uh, yes. <laughs> it worked in the sense that it completely got my mind off of how shitty my real life was, but everything was falling around, you know, around me. I was living at home with my parents. I had no job, cycled through a couple relationships. Yeah, it was a mess. Like not a lot of showering going on. I mean, it was bad. Like I would, I would wake up in the morning, log on. First thing I may go, you know, grab a bite to eat and bring it to my desk. And I played until I physically couldn't keep my eyes open anymore. Ugh. And then I would pass out only to rinse and repeat the next day. What a wimp. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, you slept. <laughs> <laughs> right. Was it ever that bad for you, Adam? There were times, yeah. Especially when I was like really in a grind trying to catch up to a friend or something like that. There were times where, where that was exactly what my day looked like. So for those people who don't know what video game addiction is like and why, you know, they're like, why would you be addicted to a video game? I mean, what would you say? It's good escapism. One of the things that really makes this uh, so addicting is that it's instant gratification. It's easy. A lot of aspects to it are, are very easy. They're just challenging enough to keep you, keep you coming back for it so that you always have something to achieve. You always have something to work towards. But if I want to go up and attack a monster, it's it's the whole process of doing that is is easy and satisfying to to complete. And the game is probably perfectly designed by psychologists <laughs> to keep you engaged. You know, in the beginning, you level up like every ten minutes, and then soon you're leveling up every hour, and then soon you're leveling up every day, and then soon you have a it takes like a week of playing to level up and that sort of thing. And and psychologically, that's how reward works. It's like you want quick rewards in the beginning and then you want rewards to start taking longer because if you reward very often forever people get bored right 
So it's like this cycle. It's this Pavlovian Skinner situation. And the game is really designed to have no real end to it. I mean, as as all MMO games or massively multiplayer game, online games are designed to basically be like a, a never-ending journey that you move forward with. So even though I uh, reach the max level, well, there's uh, a bunch of armor and equipment that I haven't gotten yet that I can get through raids. That's or, when the right. game starts is when you hit max level. Ex- yeah. Exactly. I, I, actually, a lot of players will say that, that, that you're, you're not even really experiencing the the game until you've hit the max the maximum level you can actually get to why would that be because there's content in the game that you can't even get to you're not even allowed to do until you're at the max level and that's when you can go run dungeons that you would have otherwise never been able to go to yeah how long does it take to get to 90th level it varies now, now. you can pay to do it yeah now you can actually how much does it cost <laughs> i don't know i don't know either. like a hundred bucks or? no it's it's probably knowing blizzard is probably like 25 30 bucks they yeah. want it they want it where they're going to make money, but just cheap enough to where people will actually do it. Back in the day, you had to pay like a Korean or something, right? But actually, <laughs> but actually yeah. Blizzard sent, buy, sells it to you now? Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. So they stepped in on that. Because remember in the day when you had to like pay someone that played in another country? It was, it was hugely illegal, too. Like you could get your account banned for, mm-hmm. for doing it if you... And now Blizzard just, just lets it happen. The first one that I really remember uh, messing up my day life was uh, not actually an MMO, but it was Daggerfall, which was like I think the second game in the the guys that do Oblivion and mm. and Skyrim and all this stuff Bethesda. That was like the second game in their in their series, and it was a 3D game, right? Where you start in this dungeon, you know, typical Dungeons and Dragons type setup. But the thing that was amazing about it is that you play, you play, you play in this dungeon. And you think this is a great dungeon game; it's awesome. And at one point, after hours, you get to this one door and you open it, and you're outside. And it's snowing and it's nighttime. Well, at least when we did it. And it's a whole huge world. And they actually went way bigger than even some of their later games because they had randomly generated content. So they, it, I think it was like the size of England or some crazy thing. It was so big. And we looked at the map, the, like the mini map. And we're like, oh, my God, there's a whole game. Like, and then we walked in the nighttime because we didn't have a horse yet. And we walked and we finally saw a dim light in the distance. This was me and my buddy co-oping on the same computer. I was the mouse. He was the keyboard. And <laughs> we saw this light in the distance. And we walked and we, and we finally got to this town. We're like, it's a fucking town <laughs> with houses. And you could, like, break into houses. You could jump on the – eventually you could jump high enough to get on roofs. And at first we got our ass kicked by the guards in every town. And after a while we could kick their asses this thing was so addicting so immersive so i we started playing all night through and he didn't have a job or school at the time because he had graduated and he had no job so he could play through the night and then sleep during the day while i would go to school to an internship job and like come home with no sleep to try to play again the night the next night i would go like two nights in a row easily you know it was wasting me away. And then I would like, eventually I was like, no, I can't go to class. So I'd skip class to get a little bit of sleep, but I'd still go to my job. And it was affecting me big time. But, and, and it was so bad. We played so much that I remember walking through the hallways and turning, like in, my, in the house, walking through the hallways and turning and feeling like I was in the maze. Like it felt like my eyes did like this little glitchy thing. And I felt like I was going to see a monster at any minute. It got surreal, dude. So that was my first like hit. So when Ultima Online came out, which was like the first actual role-playing MMO that was graphical that came out like that, I actually did the decision to not play that one because I thought... And that one wasn't even thir- uh, first person. I it play, was top-down. <laughs> right, but it was top-down, but it was still kind of the same thing. Yeah. So I thought, you know what? If I start playing Ultima Online, I will never leave my house. So I didn't play it. And then EverQuest came out, 
and that was the first first person like MMO that was really that that really caught on. That and was the first game that was really known for being highly addictive. Uh, that's yeah. right. That's right. They used to call it Ever Smack, Ever Ever Crack, and Ever. So I that was another one that I I looked and I was like, dude, that looks so awesome. I can't play it, and I decided against it, and I and I had kept to my decision. Until Final Fantasy XI came out. And for some reason, because it was Square and I liked Final Fantasy games, I was like, well, I'll give this a shot. And then I, I fell back in even harder than with the whole Daggerfall thing. And it was right after we'd finished the project at work and I took a month off. In that month, I don't know if I even... I don't know that I did anything else than play that fucking game. <laughs> That's really was, weird because <laughs> since I've known you, you've never played video games that much. Not that much, no. I suddenly feel like I'm in like an AA group. Yeah, <laughs> dude. No, it, 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 was, it got really bad. I, I mean, and it was so entertaining. Hello, my name's Kirk, and I'm a video game addict. <laughs> Hi, Kirk. Hi, Kirk. <laughs> but, but I mean, th- that's the problem is I had, and I, I'm sure you guys did too, experiences inside of that game that felt so real and so social and so emotionally charged. That was the addictive you know? part. I can narrate this whole story about when I first got my mount and all these things, and it was epic, right? And I remember every detail about that experience. So after a month, I was like, I had a level 42 character out of like, I think, 60 or 50 at the time because they had just come out. And I thought, man, what am I doing? I just can't. Like, I can't keep this up. These guys, the Japanese guys I'm playing with, they're there even longer, and I can't. I just can't do this. So I, it was this really sad moment. I left. I had this little tiny black mage, little midgety guy and I left him by himself in the little town and I said bye I'm like bye I won't play again his name was Squicky bye Squicky just very dirty but anyways um, and so I left him it was like 2002 or something and I left him in that town and I, I the last time and he's okay, still I did, there waiting for he, you he is in fact I signed in on the Xbox when they put it out on the Xbox I, I they still had my account because, you know, of course, right? right. Yeah. So I signed in and he was waiting for me. <laughs> and I played for a little bit. But by then I was like, I can't go back into this, right? So I'm like, it's not you, Squeaky. It's me. <laughs> I've, and, I've changed. And I left. <laughs> and so then that was the end of my adventure in Final Fantasy XI. And then I did play WoW. I didn't, never got that addicted and because my roommate was like a complete addict. Like multiple level 80, 90s, whenever they came out, blah, blah. And every time he, he would say like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with the game. And like two days later, I'm like, hey, you're playing the game again. Yeah. I, I, like, I was hey. never like that. I was, li- I was like, hey, baby, you got any more crap? <laughs> <laughs> no, so he tried to leave the mistress. But yeah. I mean, he is he still playing? Because I feel like... He says he quit for real now. I don't know. Because he, he, he's... You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's all he... I mean, he's a great guy. I saw him, I saw him under a bridge earlier. <laughs> he was so waiting for the next expansion. I think because I had that in my household. I, I was throttled. It was an automatic totally. throttle. I was like, well, I can't do that. Yeah. I was, but I was still, there were bouts because I, I think I picked up the game three or four times mm-hmm. and each time I played it a lot, stopped. Then I went maybe months, six months or whatever. And then I picked it up and I played a lot and stopped. And so I never got actually that high. I probably got to level <laughs> 40 again. Like, you know, or Get something. you high, but, baby. Well, so yeah. I'm, I'm a little curious because I, I, I think that's a little bit of what happened to me, too. Do you think that your experiences of, of like playing those other games and being so so immersed in those other games was 
uh, part of what helped you to like not be that I quite that so. immersed in, I in think, WoW? I think that's, in fact, what it was because I had already gotten to the point previously, like you're saying, where I was like, not that first one, because that yeah. first one, it was more like I, I had no choice but to stop because some other stuff changed my routine. I, I, I don't remember what it was, but I, like, I had to stop playing. But with the Final Fantasy XI, I stopped myself. Like I was like, oh, I got scared. I got a little freaked out. Yeah. So I think I had had that moment of clarity <laughs> for me i don't know what it is with but as i'm thinking about all these different games that i've gotten really into for whatever reason i have these like these like short bursts of total addiction and then something will distract me like life or something and i won't be able to play it for maybe a week mm-hmm. and then when i come back to it it's lost all of its luster and i never play it again huh. I, I can think of a, many games like i just for whatever reason picked up oblivion is that the most recent one skyrim, no, skyrim. skyrim. i picked up skyrim for the first time you know that that game came out a few years ago or something but i was pretty ad- not addicted addicted but i was playing it with pretty much all my free time for like i don't know like three weeks and and i got the character up really high and i was trying to get the best armor and then i made the best armor and then something distracted me and then i went back to play it and i was just like this i mean it's so weird like in one moment it's like the thing i want to do with my life (laughs) and the next minute i'm like this is the dumbest like there's nothing to do it's boring that exact thing happened to me with skyrim i put like over 100 hours into skyrim (laughs) i i I avoid uh mmos mostly because they cost money right um I'll take a hand-me-down game and put 100 hours into it, though. And I did that with Skyrim, the exact same thing. I still haven't beaten it. Yeah. Right. I, I like needed to get enough dragon bones to make dragon armor or yeah. something, because that was something that I had set up as being important. Right. And I did it. And then I was like, all right, it's really not that much different. <laughs> and then something happened in my life, and then I, I, I left the game for a while, and I went back to it, and I didn't really remember which button was aim with the arrow right. and I was like god I'm getting my ass kicked and I have the <laughs> dragon armor yeah. this is not worth anything to me anymore but it is I do miss like there's games that I put 100 hours in to f- <clears throat> and I finished them, right like Final Fantasy 7 I put probably 80 hours in it and that was one of my favorite games of all time Zelda took a, not quite as long but but I mean the point is like there are games that are, you put a lot of hours, but then you're done. I like games and they like give that. you closure. I play yeah. on like the normal, the normal like the Halo games. I play on the normal difficulty rating, you know, and, and and then you can finish it, and then it's done, and it's like good, you know, it's like addicted for a little bit of time, and then done. What what games have other people been addicted to? There's a lot of mobile games right now. Oh, like Flappy design. Flappy oh. Bird. Never played Flappy <laughs> Candy Bird. Candy Crush. My stepdad yeah, yeah. used to work <laughs> as a game. Uh, he worked for in the tech industry in in San Francisco area, working for a company that basically cloned other successful games. Like took Farmville and made a Farmville clone because it was a <laughs> successful business model. What they call it? Uh, Farm Town. It was it was something like that. It was like Growing Things Town. Farmville. <laughs> um, and anyway, but it was like r- ridiculously successful. Nano packs, and you could see uh, like who was spending money on it, and it was mostly like middle aged women. Yeah. And those things are designed to keep you playing, and I was playing. Um, Injustice Gods Among Us, the, oh, yeah, the, fighting, the fighting game for the, the iOS. And the whole thing is set up to where you can play for a little bit and then your characters get tired and you can either pay to right. get uh. their energy back or you can wait. And I realized it was like 3 in the morning and I had set my phone time ahead. <laughs> 
in order to recalibrate the clock on it yeah, like yeah, three yeah. or four times yeah, yeah. but I had played through my character's quote unquote energy you're playing at like 2017 at this point on your yeah phone. <laughs> I, I, that's exactly yeah. what I was doing and then I had a moment where I like I'm, I think I was like some life event like going to the bathroom or something <laughs> and I, I got up and I like looked around and my house was dark and it was cold and I was hungry and like, what am I doing? my phone is I in sold everything <laughs> like, your and, pet's dead on I never put any money into it thank god uh but I, like i got to the point where i was like well this would just be easier if i would just pay for it well then, <laughs> yeah that, that happened to me with candy crush candy crush was is the most perfectly designed game i, I i'm pretty convinced <laughs> because like there was a time when i felt like everyone around me do you remember the star trek next generation episode where they had that addictive thing <laughs> the visor like, thing the oh, visor yeah, yeah. i felt like it was like that where it's like everyone's becoming i mean students my family and because the the way the candy I mean it's candy one two the way the candy looks it's like the, and the and the music is like I can't totally get into Candy Crush hip, that's so weird it's hypnotic but here's the kicker the sound it makes when you make a candy you know thing oh. it goes it just has this perfect little crunch it's a crunch and and uh, I played that and I was like and it gets to that point where you have to pay money and I was like oh, I'm never gonna do that. And then I started doing it. Oh, no. <laughs> I paid like about 11 bucks into okay. it. And I like, kept track of it. You know, I thought, well, you know, I'd pay 11 bucks for a, for a game. But, but still, it was pretty humiliating to like have to pay. Oh, money. man. See, I, I, for some reason, I never got into Candy Crush. I, I can't, I, I, it didn't do it for me. But I'm responsible for my mom being a, a game addict because <laughs> she never in her life played video games, ever. And then finally, one day, uh, a little while back, a few years ago, I'm like, I brought an iPad home to for the holidays or whatever. I don't know when it was. But I was like, hey, mom, you might want to check this out. I know you don't play it. It's called Plants vs. Zombies. <laughs> and it's kind of cute. And she's like, I'm like, just, just try it. Because I was so into it at the time. I'd be like twice in a row. I was like. The first time I played Plants vs. Zombies was on your, not, was on your iPad. Yeah. So I, I give it to her. She tries it. And, and I'm like, okay. And then I go to sleep or I go to my room. The next morning, she's like. I didn't say like I slept like two hours <laughs> and I'm like what are you talking about mom I was playing the game now I'm stuck you need to help me I'm like, and I, I was like my mom's like not this person so she ended up like the next day or the next week buying an iPad for herself wow. so she could get the freaking game I was like oh. oh god I've created a monster then she got into Candy Crush and now she's into Candy Crush <laughs> have you guys ever uh, played Cookie Clicker you guys no, know of Cookie no, Clicker? No. So it's sounds it's, like a pedophile open mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a web game. You should Google it and try it sometime. It's really there's a cookie, and you, and you click, and on you it. click <laughs> it. it, and when you click it, you get a cookie, and there is a little counter at the top to check how many cookies you get, and then with cookies you can buy modifiers. That will increase the number of cookies, cookies you, you get, get when per you click, <laughs> and then you can also increase. You can get like additional uh, cursors that will click the cookie for you in oh the background, and, you, and but there's like this sort of secret plot that goes through the whole thing where you can buy grandmas to cook cookies for you, <laughs> and then you get cookie oh factories and cookie mines and cookie uh, dungeons, and you there, you can like the more and more cookies you get, the more cookies you get per click. And then you eventually get like cookie time travel machines, and then you. But then you there's get like the free base cookies. There's this whole secret sub sub story thing where you can like get enough of these certain things that you start triggering triggering what they call the cookie apocalypse, and then eventually like 
eventually, and I've done this, <laughs> you get to the point where you destroy the universe with cookies. But the whole thing you're doing is oh kicking, clicking this cookie over and over again, and there's just one more cookie. How many? I want to get the next oh cookie, time god. travel thing. I just have to keep clicking oh this my god. cookie. And then when you end the game, there's this moment where you're like, I just did it! And you look around your room and you realize that you're cold and alone, left with all of the same internal emptiness that's the reason you started clicking cookies in the first place. And now you, you have a carpal too. tunnel. There's no oh fanfare. There's awesome. no fanfare when that you beat games awesome. like Cookie Clicker. And you're like, well, here I am. I feel like clicking cookies. <laughs> See, at least when you beat Zelda, like you saved the princess, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's almost as bad as. Well, no, it's not as bad as Bubblewrap.com. You remember that? That's all it was was bubble. Popping, you just, popping yeah, the yeah, bubble. Just pop my dad, pl- my dad did that for like eight hours a day when he was a CAD designer. He was just like, <laughs> so. So let me ask you guys: games are for fun and entertainment like anything else we don't tend to privilege it we tend to look down on it as a society it's like it's a waste of time this sort of thing but if we put aside those sorts of value judgments it's just you know it's entertainment like reading a book or watching tv or is it a problem to do this because in my mind i'm like well if that's what you want to do 16 hours a day and play video games and that's how you want to live your life then then i i think you know why not i don't know what do you think I don't know. I guess I think for me, it just depends on why you're doing it. You know, for me, I was escaping and using it to cope with all kinds of crappy stuff. But but wouldn't it have been worse if you had used something else to cope? Uh, potentially, sure. Yeah. If I actually like used a substance or something like that. I don't know if it's if it's a good thing to judge the badness of something by what else you could be doing that is worse, though. Right. So, well, at least you weren't doing crack. <laughs> right. Yet. Yeah. Well. You know, at least you weren't freebasing heroin. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was playing it, I mean, that long, like w- my waking hours, you know, all of them, <laughs> all of my waking hours. Well, what would you have done that would have been better at the time? That would have been realistic to your life at the time? Uh, shit, I don't know. Sitting in a room, like, ruminating? <laughs> I really don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, the obvious answer is get therapy or get help or something but some people aren't ready for that or at the, at the at where i was at the time that wasn't in my mind right it was like deep depression and all that stuff so it was more just like withdrawing and all that stuff i think that the idea that it kind of serves a purpose in your life at the time that you're that you're doing it is is a is a pretty important piece to that like you were in a dark place and this was a an opportunity for you to go off and be a hero or do something fun like this was this fun thing you could do that was always available to you and especially when when your social structures are coming down around you and things like that yeah to build off that it was something that i could succeed at yeah like i was failing at like everything i didn't have a job you know i I applied a million times got turned down you know uh all that but this is something i could do and succeed at and get farther in and interestingly enough like Another problem was all the friends that I met online were from the West Coast. I was in Indiana. And so three-hour difference, they were it was like getting midnight, and it was 3 a.m. for me. And they were like, oh, no, come on, man. you got to stay up. We're going to do this. And I'm like, okay, 8 o'clock in the morning later. Right, 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 right. Um, but that looking back, like I can't I, – I, I don't regret it because that was essentially a catalyst for me being in Seattle. My friends that I met on the West Coast – one of them suggested Antioch to me. Oh. Yeah. And so, like, had I not met them on Warcraft, 
I wouldn't be here right now. Right. So that's serendipity. But, right. But I do actually think it's not a good use of time to get that obsessed with almost anything. But I draw this, this line. Like, so in, in, the, in life, there's creators and consumers. And most of us, when we're playing a video game, we're consumers. Uh, I mean, in some cases, you, like Minecraft, you might be creating one of the worlds and things, I guess. But in general, we're consuming. And I don't feel like we get taught enough how to create in the world. Like it, through schooling and through our growing up and things, we don't. I, I don't. I just don't remember enough le- uh, lessons about how does one become a creator. You get taught like how to do math and how to do this, maybe how to paint even, but but you don't even know why you're learning how to paint. And, and you certainly know that at some point you're gonna have to go get a job and produce stuff for someone. And therefore, games seem like a perfectly reasonable thing to do because what else should you be doing? But but you don't get put that per- with that perspective in your head. Like, but you could be the one to create. Like, fine, create a game or create a song or create write a book or or go and create studies about people that are addicted to the video. Whatever it is, right? Like that that concept for some reason isn't built into us. And so I do feel that half of me feels that such addictive behavior on something like a video game for too long is kind of at the expense of potentially creating something good for the world, right? So that's that's half of me. The other half of me, like, well, actually loves video games and would be very sad not to be able to play any video games and and i do have some very favorable memories of some of those episodes so i guess in the end i guess i'm just gonna chicken out and say like balance it's still about balance you know and say like pretty much like anything else if you get that obsessed even though you did find about Antioch and stuff, you probably did sacrifice a lot of things sure you know and and i feel the same way even about my bouts weren't that long but I could have been going to that one class and not flunked that. And I did flunk classes that year. Hmm. Not just because of the video game, but many reasons contributed. But that was one of the key reasons. And you know what? That that wasn't the best use of my time. I, I so. think that there is opportunity for us to blame the video games in these circumstances. And I think that's dangerous because games are awesome. But the reason why video games are so compelling is because they provide meaning and rewards. And they replace other meanings and rewards that you might have in your life or the, they, they, they uh, supplement the lack of meanings and rewards. So right. if you don't like your class, games can be much more rewarding and meaningful. But what that may mean is you're in the wrong classes. I, I mean, I don't know. That, that could mean that. But, but don't you think that they, we unleash these forms of, of time killing upon ourselves, right? But we didn't at the same time unleash the education for how to deal with your life when you're feeling a certain way or for how to choose activities in your life. When did you take that class, right? Unless you happen to have been at therapy or you got really lucky with your parents or something. Most of us never had any education about how to do time management, how to choose between you know, entertainment or how forms, to cope. How to yeah. cope, any how, of that. Yeah, how right. to cope and how to prioritize your life, yeah. how to make a plan. It's really interesting you bring that up, yeah. Imagine high school students taking, you know, a year of of classes about how to manage video game use. Yeah. That is a massive issue for many yeah. high school boys, you know. Yeah. And how helpful that would be. And to be clear, I'm not blaming I'm actually I'm not blaming the video game creators. Some of them are actually kind of predatory. I there have been some video games put I out there. I think Candy Crush that, yeah. that can be predatory. It's absolutely predatory. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the mobile games. But are. in general, like I think it is an art form. I think it's and I'm not blaming because we all were raised without that understanding. So it's no surprise. Like, you know, the, they just acquired the Minecraft stuff. And the guy Mojang, I guess is his name. Notch. Notch, thank you. 
he's he's quitting the 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 game even though he's getting he's getting like 1.5 billion dollars or something but he's quitting because he didn't do it for like becoming a billionaire it's a happy coincidence but he did it because he likes writing games and he likes doing these things so he created this super addicting video game but he's not some evil mastermind doing it to corrupt the youth he was just making something he thought would be fun well plus who would have thought that game would yeah. have caught on? Exactly. I mean, no one exactly. would have thought. Well, especially, that. do you think, this is what I was asking today. Do you think you're sitting in your garage programming this little crappy looking Lego builder thingy? You're like, I, let's see, I could probably sell this for a couple billion dollars in about five years. Right. No way. <laughs> no one thought. They, I mean, I still wonder why that game yeah. is so addictive. Yeah. To I've people. never played it. Have it's you like guys ever been? Yeah, I, I've, I've You've been it. into it? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I, at this point in my life, I play almost all my games for social reasons. So yeah. it's always like playing with friends or something. Along those lines. How do you play Minecraft with friends? Uh, you play on a server with yeah. your friends and you all build stuff together. And the later versions of the game have a, a, actually a pretty large social component yeah. to them. And there's a lot of, a lot of the kids, uh, the age which we work with, that is a, a huge social right. experience that they have. And the game actually can be used to teach physics yeah. and it can be used to teach chemistry in a lot of ways. There's you have ways to learn to how to – because you start with nothing and you have to grind your way through getting wood and then getting some yeah. metals and then doing this. Yeah. Eventually, you're building some pretty complex things. Yeah, I played it for a couple hours. And I guess I could imagine if I was 10 getting really into – because I was really into Legos yeah, and like yeah. drawing different worlds when I was a kid. Yeah. So I could imagine that if I had like – you know, a whole summer with nothing to, <laughs> nothing do. to do. But since I'm a busy professional, it's like I was thinking, ah, oh, I really just don't have time. That was, that was where I was leading. It's like, I, so I definitely don't blame that guy. Well, Jesus, what a lucky slash genius guy to do that, right? It's just more of a commentary on like as a society, we're not bolstering those experiences with, oh, but here's how you can handle having that experience right. and yet still having a life, you know? Right. Well, it requires yeah. us to be intentional and mindful about our lives in general. Right. And our entire economy is based on not doing that. Yeah. Because right. we want people to buy, buy, Consume. buy. And if you stop and think about what you're buying, you will not buy it. Because right. you'll think, why do I need another belt? I have a belt that works already. But not a green one. I don't <laughs> need I another belt. <laughs> There's a lot of values implied in this that a game or a lifestyle that involves participating in this online world is not a meaningful life. And I think that there's a huge value statement implicit in that. Maybe 21st century, we can start addressing what we consider a meaningful life to be. And then decide whether there's room in a meaningful life as defined by us for online, socially uh, mediated experiences. You remember, what was the game or the movie with Joaquin Phoenix with the iOS that he falls in love with? Her. 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 That movie did it really well, not only with the OS that he falls in love with, but right. also the video game he plays. Right. It wasn't played off like he was, like he was depressed or it was a terrible thing. You know, they they actually made the game actually appealing. You know, it was yeah. like, oh, I want to play that game. Right. And so, you know, because it was in the future when normal people play video games and normal people have phones that That's they right. talk to, and <clears throat> and the way that they depicted it, it really. Uh, did not have that value component and absolutely and I was wanting to say it earlier but I felt like I'm always the one who's like saying the social construction of things <laughs> and everyone's like boo no one wants to hear that <laughs> but totally absolutely like one of the things I hate is like people will say oh I read the book oh I just watched the movie 
Like, we totally privilege one thing over the other. There was a time when books were seen as the movies of their time. I talked to the author. Right. They were like, I read the book. Well, I actually orated the story through the generations. I, I lived through the war that book was about. Right. <laughs> right. And so, so there's always privileging going on, and video games are absolutely like that. In a lot of ways, video games are tremendously more interactive and social than TV or movies or books will could ever be yeah. in this conversation. Absolutely. You, you can have a, a video game life and still have a lot of meaning and a lot of love. It's the balance aspect, right? But I think a lot of times when people see, hear balance, yeah. they think limit to a certain socially, culturally acceptable amount of time. Well, that, so, but that's interesting that, that that would be the perception on balance, right? Well, it should be individually determined. Sure. And so that's why I think mindful is a, is a better word to me. I see. It's like... Because you could be completely doing your phone or your yeah. your video game for sixteen hours a day, and that doesn't balance doesn't come to mind when I hear that. But if you're mindful about it and that's what you want to do, then and that's your decision, and you're you, you're not going to regret it later. Then then great in my mind. I see. I I guess to me, I don't mean when I say balance, I never mean a scale with two sides and they're equal. I always mean there's multiple things, kind of all evening each other out in a way like and it's maybe kind of the eastern but say but say one but let me apply see if it this this yeah. applies to your to your model here one guy plays video games 16 hours a day mm -hmm. for three years and he considers that balanced is that doesn't sound balanced to me all right then there that's where i i mean yes you're right i would make some societal value judgments or whatever to say like no that's not quite balanced and and, and i could be wrong in some universal way but in some other way i wouldn't because i would also say that about nutrition or i would say that about exercise i would base some of it on science right i'd say like oh. uh, on whatever science i could no no like in, in a sense like like because we could make this argument all day about like well what is the right amount of exercise you can't dictate like, but you can you can actually say look there's some research that shows three times a week this long you can't apply science to value judgments is the i point. think you can i think you can do research and studies on things i believe we could apply some research to try to give some guidance to people about some of their behaviors right. relating to video games. Yes. Shouldn't that, that guidance piece be off of the idea that um, this is a, an opportunity for you to self-reflect? Yes. Because fundamentally, I can't tell you what to do with your life. It's your life. Um, and I can't tell you, I can't make you live your life a certain way. And all I can do is say, um, a lot of people find that if they don't exercise, that it's bad for them and they die at an early age. Um, and I can tell you that. Um, and if you choose to continue to not exercise, then you're making a choice about that for yourself. Um, so much the same way like video games or, or something along those lines, uh, even if I did have evidence or something saying this is bad for you, I, I can only give you that guidance. I can only offer up that advice to say some people found this was bad for them and they and they looked back on it and didn't like it. But that guidance, though, is, is all verbal and it's all cognitive. Yes. And there's no meaning to be made when... If you were to come in and say, Adam, you've played Cookie Clicker for 16 hours straight, there's this awesome thing called exercise that's really good for you. I'd go, I don't care. I don't, I don't want to do that. That, that sounds awful to me. Getting up and running sounds terrible. I'm clicking cookies over here, uh, and I've got grandmas clicking cookies for me. Um, but if there was a way for you to get me to run and or do exercise and then experience the rewards of exercising then i would have a meaning attributed to that but you telling me giving me the education that exercise is good for me is not going to do me any good because i don't 
like, what are you going to do? Show me pictures of skinny, active people? So, so that this actually you. that actually brings up a great point of the that that these things aren't aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. We talk about how video games are now within society and and how a lot of that is viewed, but um, the the progress that, of things moving forward are moving towards the idea of combining other aspects of my socialization or other aspects of uh, my physical exercise, things like that, with video games. Um, there's an app that you can get for your phone called Zombie Run that will have you running away from zombies. So you run physically out in the world, and then your phone tells you when zombies are getting close I think to there's a I think there's a branch of that dedicated to that, but I wouldn't say on the whole it's going that way. Especially concerning like MMOs and stuff, like right. they're designing, they want to keep you there and sure. log as many hours as possible because that increases money. So what yeah. what I would say is that MMOs, uh, from where they've been historically, so absolutely they want you there doing that, um, but they also are giving you something. They're giving you something that you are looking for, um, and. Uh, from where they have been previously, and especially like before a time when MMOs really existed, where that was a, a thing that you could do, MMOs are moving more and more towards being able to give you a better social experience or to appeal to uh, the other aspects of gaming that people are looking for, a more individual experience. But, they, but they're trying to give that yeah. to you. Yeah. So, all right, guys, what's the final word on WoW addiction or video game addiction? I do think they can, uh, without the right amount of reflection get in the way of having what I would consider a meaningful life. I know that video games can cause problems for people. I've seen it firsthand. I myself have experienced it. I do wish that we had more tools to reach a balance and a reflection and things like that so that we could manage the fun that is video games better. What kind of tool? Just like what's one tool? One tool would be time management. Um, I I definitely think that uh, the idea that you get something out of out of playing these games is a super important piece to it. And if, if you're finding that you are playing a lot of video games, and maybe even, like, there are t- sometimes times where people are telling you, hey, we wanted to hang out, or we wanted to do something, or, or maybe, maybe you should apply for a job, or whatever it is, it might be worthwhile to sit down and think about, what am I getting from this video game that's important to me? Is, is this the only place I can get that? Is this the place where I want to get that? Use that as a piece of self-reflection for yourself. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, that when I was playing Skyrim, I was only playing for like two hours a night, like at the very last couple hours of night. And I actually made a conscious, intentional decision. Like, yes, this is how I want to spend my evenings because I want to veg out and I just want to like have some fun. And yes, th- I, I've earned it. I've been very productive today. And this is what I'm going to do. So it's along those lines. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just gauging why what what you're wanting to get out of it. Yeah, pay attention to people that care about you, your support group. Like if they're saying, "Hey, you're this is this is screwing with you," maybe you listen. Maybe take a step back and look at it. I played Warcraft today just because, like, I knew we were coming here, and there's like a private server for free, whatever. <laughs> but I know, like, I I took the journey, so I know. Like, I wouldn't sit down there and play for 12 hours. I was on there for maybe 10 minutes, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is what that is, and take a step back just because I know what awaits for me. I don't, I don't need anything from it anymore, mm-hmm. and I know how to cope better now. I have tools to help me cope, and so if I ever found myself playing for 12 hours, 16 hours, whatever, and, you know, getting bad grades or whatever, you know, then I'd say, okay, I'm, getting, I'm trying to escape something. Or I'm not coping correctly, or well, as the as, way you uh, want to, the way I want yeah. to, right? So, yeah, if you find 
yourself doing that, maybe you should talk to somebody. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that does it for another episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Adam and Adam and Aaron, to talk about World of Warcraft addiction or whatever we call it, problem use, shall we say. It's been great having you on. That does it for another episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining us, and please take care of yourself. Blood and thunder. (laughs) All I can say is, wow.